listening to a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk. Number 314. We finally worked out between us that it is in fact Friday morning. And we've set out from Derry Lodge after a very dewy night. Very still, uh, very moist. All of us had a considerable amount of condensation on the inside and the outside of the tent. So we gave them a good wipe down. It's amazing how much water comes off them actually when you do that. Picked up a uh, kitchen sponge when I was in Blair Athol and uh, it's been very useful for mopping it down. Especially uh, the tents that you put away as one piece because obviously if you put them away saturated it's uh, is rather unpleasant when you put them back up again. Uh, but a very still calm night. All of us, uh, interestingly, although we've got sleeping bags which are three season bags, all said about four o'clock-ish, it suddenly went cold and um, uh, we all awoke really and, and generally put on extra layers to uh, maintain the comfort value and then dozed back off to sleep again. But a lovely lazy start, sorting ourselves out, having a bit of breakfast, um, no wind, very, very still, low cloud, sort of the type of weather you'd anticipate it raining. Um, and it's still exactly the same as that now. In fact, the wind, if you can hear it on the microphone, is coming from behind me and it's just started. And we've been walking now for probably about an hour and a half, two hours, having just stopped for a bite. Um, and the cloud above us is actually just starting to move but it's uh, not going up or down, just see it moving a bit horizontally. Um, so we're heading up to uh, Loch Etterton, uh, going via the Hutchinson's Memorial Hut, and uh, I'd anticipate we'll be seeing that in the next half hour. Just started round the bend where the climb, the path starts to climb, and it goes from about... Uh, 500 metres to 930 I think in about uh, 3.5-4k but a steady climb for uh, for all that, looking at the contours conversation we've had this morning has been quite interesting and it's uh, it's well, good to hear that other people share the same and anticipations and apprehensions before going out for a walk we're all discussing the fact how much we uh, not panic or worry, but plan and double-check and triple-check our packs before we come away. Um, Lee uh, is, is, has a, a week of, of packing, unpacking and double-checking everything. Uh, Tony seemed to be uh, unpacking and packing his pack three or four times the actual night he got on the train. And certainly myself... I tend to start thinking about it in great detail a week or so beforehand, getting out the uh, sorted bits that I want to take with me, and uh, then I need to have a good evening of uh, getting out all the dried food packets I've got and the food and making a shopping list up for the following day of what I think I'm going to need. I've sort of scrimped a bit on lunches this time. Normally uh, I sort of go to the baker's and pick up a pasty and a few sort of rolls to uh, to eat for a sort of couple of lunches. 
But Blair Athol was rather disappointing and anything that we've all bought from there we notice is virtually at the end of its sell-by date. So I get the feeling the guy in the shop there was uh, clearing off his old stock. In fact, some of the sandwiches he had there were two days out of date, which was uh, slightly disconcerting. So Lee bought uh, the only sandwich that was had a day to go, and I had a pasty that actually, when I came to eat it, was uh, on its use-by date. Uh, but there was very little else to choose, so we ended up buying chocolate bars and whatever else, which is okay but not quite as fulfilling as a, a decent sort of carbohydrate meal. Well, snack, you know what I mean. Uh, I know a lot of people would, would probably think I was lucky when it came to packing, for obvious reasons, having the shop and a whole pile of stuff. Well, I've been doing this for so many years now, I've got six boxes full of my favourite pieces of kit. And I was saying to the guys, it's ever so difficult because... I have favourites, which may not necessarily be the lightest, but it's certainly been on a few trips with me and I've enjoyed its performance, albeit a, perhaps a mug or a stove or, or a jacket or whatever else. But technology moves on and suppliers come out with new items and naturally I have to uh, use them in earnest so I can give an honest opinion which uh, I think people on the whole generally appreciate. Um, I suppose the two items that I've used on this trip, which um, were fresh to me, were the, the new generator smock, RAB generator smock, and the RAB power stretch. And, uh, oh, I've got a string to cross. Hang on a second. And um, both have been very comfortable, very warm, and I certainly could have managed with just one of them rather than both of them. But they've been uh, oh, excellent, really. I do like the Rab uh, uh, Power Stretch top, very clingy, very warm. It's got some lovely thumb loops, which saves me having to put my gloves on and off, which I would be doing at the moment uh, due to the uh, cold wind which is behind me. Uh, the generator smock's been certainly warm. I wouldn't say it's been as warm as the uh, my live down smock which is my favorite but sadly we can't get hold of those at the moment um, but not far off and since and I've got one of the older generators and I'd say definitely the pocket designs improved and there's certainly more prima loft in there than there has been before I think there's 100 grams in the body and 60 grams in the arms and you can certainly notice it but very very nice one little item which has been a bit of fun, which I hope to uh, be using a bit more of, is a little telescope, monocle, um, made by Brunton, which is uh, probably a name quite well known to bird watchers. They make a, a wide range of very, very powerful and high optic, quality optic uh, binoculars and uh, bird watching telescopes. But they've just come out with a very tiny seven power uh, monoscope and uh, telescope. And it's been just a nice novelty really to, to have in your pocket to check out the wildlife and the paths and that sort of thing. And it literally only weighs a few grams, but the optics are very, very good. So I hope to be uh, 
putting that on the website fairly shortly. It's only 20 odd pounds, so you know, good value for money. Excellent. Um, the peaks carried well. Uh, certainly got everything in. It was tight squeeze having sort of uh, three days worth of food in but that was probably because I had two jackets as I say really if I'd taken one of those out it would have been a lot easier uh, what have I got from Montaigne? Montaigne I've got the uh, long sleeved bionic tee fantastic, beautiful just as good as a short sleeved it doesn't smell and I've worn that every single day uh, during the daytime um, Then uh, the Terra Pants, always a favourite. Um, no need to change the design on it, absolutely brilliant. Certainly when you're wading through the rivers and so on and come out the other side, within moments it appears to be dry. It's certainly dry when I get into the tent at night. Uh, I've got the Montaigne uh, Peaked Cap, um, which is uh, as good as any other lightweight pack. Keeps the rain off the front of your face and certainly with the hoods that pull tight around your face when it's really cold it's good to be able to have a peak cap to see what's going on the halo jacket fantastic piece of kit lovely and light although incidentally lee's got the new uh, rab event smock and that's incredibly light he's been very pleased with that from a breathability waterproof point of view but uh, the hood section which presumably really is designed so it's capable of taking um, climbing helmets. The hood section doesn't look as nice as perhaps it could do. Uh, but that aside, very impressed with the jacket and uh, certainly the weight of it's uh, minuscule, lighter than the halo certainly. But each one's got features that uh, each of us like. Um, what else? Uh, the Avenue pans, of course, I've used the Solo set, uh, which has been a great combination. I've had my ever-faithful Oricaso folding plate, which they don't make anymore. Um, and I think we've got the last few available. That is such a useful piece of plastic, it really is. I tend to uh, fold it up, use it as a bowl to actually put my food into if I'm having, uh, you know, smash with a stew or whatever and uh, have it flat as a chopping board for chopping up sort of uh, the baby bell cheese that I tend to buy and drop that into my meal if I'm having a pasta with a bit of cheese in it. Um, gas burner's been very efficient. The 100 gas cart lasted, uh, let's say, Saturday through to Tuesday. Then we were at Blair Athol and then Wednesday until now. So yeah, two stroke three days uh, at uh, a brew in the morning and a meal at night. And um, that's been fine, but it's, it's on its last legs now. Certainly I'll be borrowing gas from the guys tonight. Anyway, I've got a river to cross now, so I'll catch up a bit later on. Quite a big one. Oh. Well, Shirley was here not so long back at the Hutchinson, Hutchinson's Memorial Hut, and I think she had uh, had lunch here with uh, with Kay Boone. But um, it is, as she described, a small little uh, brick-built 
uh, villa uh, with gaff tape round the doors to keep the drafts out. Um, a sleeping platform, I suppose, and a table, and that's about it. But I'm sure it's been a very welcome retreat for many people when the weather hasn't been good. Uh, the cloud base has stayed fairly low, and uh, we've made it up here without any rain, really, mist, if anything at all. And we're just sitting here having a brew, deciding whether to push on to um, the lock and camp there or go over the top of Ben McDewey if the, if the cloud lifts. But I thought I'd take a, a couple of minutes to continue that um, conversation point I was making earlier on, or, sorry, comment I was making earlier on, about the preparation that goes into, into trips and how it made me feel a bit more um, relieved that everybody goes through the same things because I thought I was the only one that got very... Uh, um, Agitated, yes, a good word. Agitated about the uh, preparing and what gear you're going to take and what food and putting things in and taking things out. So um, Tony and Lee have both agreed to, to have a few words about um, their few days process and, and how many days ahead of a trip they actually start really panicking or thinking or, or shopping or whatever the case may be. So I'm going to hand over to, to Lee first of all and uh, see what his time scale is. I think I'm... Con- all the way through the year, I'm thinking of different routes I can be doing um, when the sun starts to shine and it comes round to the TGO Challenge or sort of the good weather anyway between sort of spring and autumn. So, um, but certainly before any trip, it, um, a couple of weeks before, I sort of start to think about buying my food, getting the maps prepared, and and apparently from what Tracy says, I'm in a world of my own for certainly the last week. And um, I think she's right. So is that you, when you when you're in that world of your own? Are you thinking about what can I leave out, or have I forgotten something, or have I got everything? What sort of thing are you thinking of? Do you think? Um, I, I don't honestly know really because I've been doing it as we all have for that long that I roughly know what kit I'm going to take. Um, probably thinking if you know if I've got a new bit of kit and will that be okay, and um, or should I take me old you know my old stuff. But um, no, I, I don't. I don't honestly know what sort of zone I'm in. But I'm definitely in a zone. Preparing uh, yourself for it. Yes, preparing myself for it. And probably whether it's psychologically or you know, I'm a fit enough. You know, um, it's probably easier when there's a few of you because you know you're not going to worry about falling over and hurting yourself too much. Mm. You know, somebody can get you know help. So certainly when I'm on my own, I probably take a little bit more care and probably take a bivy bag with me just in case and. But um, it's probably easier when there's a, you know, certainly more than yourself. So, so practically then, do you have your rucksack sort of packed, semi-ready to go, or do you actually take it all out and put it in piles and put the food, lay the food out on the table and sort of work it out, or do you are you a bit looser than that? I lay it all out on the floor. Yeah. Or you know, like the the um, food gear, my pans and my food and all that, would be in one little pile. The sleeping gear in another little pile. Waterproofs, rucksack. Everything in sort of little areas. Mm. So and, do you, and do you leave it like that for a few days or a few oh, hours, oh, or is no, it just no. the night? That's the night before. Everything else is packed in uh, right. drawers um, in the spare room, out of the way of trace. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, if you leave it there for more than a few hours, it gets cleaned away. How about yourself, Tony? I'm more or less uh, very similar to Lee. I, I, you dream about the trip. When you make the decision that you're, you're going to do the trip, then you start dreaming about it, and before you know it, the trip's upon you. You know, so then it's about two weeks before I start saying, "What? Well, let's get me geared out." So I'll get it out and put it on the bed in the spare bedroom, and then the next week I'm thinking, "What to take?" You know, shall I leave this out? Shall I leave that out? And 
then I started thinking, am I fit enough? And for some reason, you always seem to get an ache somewhere that suddenly comes upon you that you're thinking an injury, you know, and then you're worried about that, you know, and it's probably just in your mind, you know. Then the week before then, I start becoming a nervous wreck, I could say, <laughs> is the only word to describe it, to think that I've only got a week to go, you know, Christ, I'm going to miss all my own comforts and, you know, and all this. Do I really want to go on this trip? You know, and, and then that, that goes. And then I start serious packing about three days before. I'll pack, unpack, pack again. I think I'm not happy with this, you know, and then I'll take everything out. And then at the end of that day, I've had enough and fed up or whatever. I've got to leave this now because it's doing me head in. Mm. So then I'll leave it then. And then the next day I'll, I'll have a, another go with packing. And then I think, I haven't seen my map case. Where's my map case? And then I search the house high and low, high and low. And then, then I remember it's in my day sack when I went on a day's walk. You know, so, yeah. so eventually you find it and then you've got that. And then I'll pack again and I calm down again then. And then the night before, I think, I want to... S- gonna weigh me pack so I get the bathroom scales and put her on I think oh no that's too heavy that is so I unpack again and look at what I've got and everything else is you know I think I can't leave that everything's the same mm. I think oh, I was too bloody late now I'm just gonna <laughs> have to go with it and that's it and be done with it what about your food then did you, did you, did you, are you food, like... I, I send away for me food so it, you know how far ahead that will be plenty of time if you know a, a good fortnight before I'll have me food or Everything is, I'm usually quite organised. Everything I'm taking is a fortnight before. You know, unless there's a, something might be a last minute panic, but usually I'm, I'm organised that way. It's just packing, unpacking, leave this, take that. You know, it's a nightmare. Mm. You know, so. Well, it's reassuring to know that I'm not the only one that goes through the same sort of um, preparation routine. And uh, as you say, you know, you, you're confident in, in what you are taking and you've used it before and you know it fits. It's just those little tweaks, isn't it? Just reducing yeah. a bit of weight here and, and oh, whatever. That's fine. When I put the pack on in the bedroom, you think, bloody hell, this is heavy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just in your mind, you know. And then, I mean, when you come out and actually, you're getting on the train and all that, and you think, oh, that ain't too bad, you know. And then when you actually start to walk, after about an hour with the pack on your back, you think, oh, no, it's fine. Don't know what I was worried about. So, what are, so that's, I mean, this is a, what, a four or five days for yourself and a, yeah. a week for us. But if it was just a weekend trip, do you have the same sort of um, apprehensions? Um, I suppose must do, really, yeah. It's the same process. You need the same gear as you, for a weekend, really, as you do for the challenge, apart from obviously not so much food. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think just as much planning goes in, into it, definitely. And talking of the challenge, then, what about... Because um, obviously you don't carry all the food for, for two weeks. I mean, I've done it, and it's, it's a heavy lump in your, in your rucksack, certainly. So we all send parcels ahead. Do you ever worry about the parcels either not being there or where you're actually where to send it, just in case you change your route as you go along? Yeah, you, you always have that worry. It's that worry usually comes in on the day you have to pick the parcel up. Mm. So that, you know, you might be picking it up at dinner time. So that morning, it's always in the back of your mind. You know, you haven't got the parcel. But then, I mean, on the challenge, usually, you usually go about three or four days, so you can always buy something, pasta, you know, or noodles or anything, you know. It's not really a disaster. But, you know, you do, in the back of your mind, you know. Mm. And, uh, well, that's past five or six minutes. What do, what do you reckon to the weather, Lee? Do you think it's going to change on us? Um, I'm not ever so happy with the weather, to be honest. Um, 
But we, when we get up to the lock, we'll, we'll have to see what it's like. But, decision. But um, I've got a, got a feeling it's going to stay like this rest of the day. Yeah, yeah it's a shame. But there's one question I'd like to ask you, Bob, actually. Oh, yeah. Go on, um, Talking of preparation, I'd like to know how long it takes you to amass all the chocolate bars that you've brought <laughs> on this trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was more a survival thing. Oh, that was a survival thing, because the, uh, the bakery, the shop at Blair Athol wasn't... Um, wasn't particularly good, so I couldn't get uh, stacked up in some decent breads and pasties, so I had to buy bars. Fair comment. Fair comment. So, another thing, and I think people find, you always think other people that were better than you, and nine times out of ten, they don't. You know, it's just having the confidence in what you're doing, really, you know. And, but it's, as I say, I, I'm still a nervous wreck when I pack every time, every time I go away, but, you know, I'll try to stop worrying about it. See how I get on next year. There you go then, listeners. You're not on your own if you're, uh, and you get very apprehensive about packing your bag before you go away. There's uh, two experts and me here full of chocolate bars, and we obviously all share the same sort of worries. Well, another half hour has gone by since our previous recording, and the cloud base has dropped on us, uh, bringing with it some uh, wet, windy weather. We've decided to uh, make the appropriate changes to our plan, so we're going to go up to the lock uh, and then um, head round to Strathnethy. Nessie or Nethy? Nethy. Nethy. And that glen. Uh, and hopefully find a suitable camping spot in a couple of hours' time, two or three hours' time, which should then put us in uh, the right sort of place to finish our walk round to Avonmore uh, tomorrow, which is a shame, really, because all of us were looking forward to doing Ben McDewey, but prudence is the better part of valour on one of these um, occasions. And the weather has certainly proved the point, and we're all Gore-Texed and evented up now, ready for the worst. Ready for a proper expedition. Real men. So, um, no doubt, I'll chat to you probably when we've camped and sorted ourselves out. With over a million listeners worldwide, the Outdoor Station is the leading online audio resource for those into the great outdoors. Shortly after we left the memorial hut, um, our, our route changed. We decided to not battle up to Loch Etchen and uh, around as we initially intended, or to camp there, in fact. Although we'd both, uh, we'd all heard that there was a camping spot there. Visibility had dropped to about 20 metres. Cloud had come down, um, and uh, we decided perhaps uh, discretion was a better part of valour. And the most interesting route we could possibly take um, would be to forget Ben McDewey uh, for the following day, but um, head round to the Shelterstone. Uh, and down to Loch Avon, uh, with a view to tackling Cairngorm the following day. And, uh, and that's exactly what we did. We, um, we hunted around and around trying to work out which one was Shelterstone. Uh, as we dropped down out of the mist, uh, there is just a, uh, a big arena of large rocks, uh, all of which <laughs> we were arguing could have been the Shelterstone. But um, Tony and Lee eventually found it. Uh, Oh, Lee found it, did he? Yeah, Lee. Oh, well, there you go, Lee found it. He was determined to find it. He, had a, he was a man on a mission. And uh, as we, uh, we left the Shelterstone and followed the stream down to the, well, the purest stream in the world, uh, down to Loch Avon itself, the water is so cl- clear and pure, it's fantastic. Um, and there's a beach area, and uh, we settled on, on camping on the beach area because we'd have to have made the climb and done a little bit more. 
uh, to found, uh, find a second potential camping spot. And we were all ready for uh, to set up camp. And it was actually good timing all round. It was a bit of a blustery night, but uh, it was uh, still doable. And the, uh, the bank here is capable of taking a couple of tents. Uh, and uh, Tony actually slept down on the beach itself, pitched on the, on the beach itself, a little bit of grassy area there. Uh, we all had a set of fairly disturbed night, but it's a, a reasonable night all the same, wasn't it, Tom? Yes, yeah. Uh, as you say, it was a, now and again it was a bit blustery. Uh, my tent's held up very well. Uh, it was a long long night in the tent, you know, about 12 hours in darkness, you know. It's uh, interrupted sleep, you know, sleeping for an hour and then waking up, you know. Not the not the easiest, most conducive of sleep, was it? No, not when you regularly you only sleep regularly about seven hours, you know. Uh, so, but it was okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. we all had a good meal and a good yeah. chat, but I mean, it's it gets that cold, doesn't it? And yeah. and well, dark at seven o'clock. There's nothing else to do but but get yeah. your head down. Yeah, chill out, listen to a bit of music, you know, yeah. and then you know try and get some sleep around twelve o'clock, and that's it. You know. And we've all awoken this morning, six o'clock, virtually uh, within moments of each other. Uh, stared out of the tent, and uh, the cloud base lifted. The sun has slowly started to come up over Loch Avon, and I have to say, it is absolutely beautiful. Uh, isn't it? Yeah. It's just lighting up the end of the lock and the uh, the what's that? The saddle at the far end, yeah. uh, and the top of the crest of the rocks around the back of us, where the shelter stone is, going up towards Carn Lochan, is now being lit up. It's half half lit up at the moment. What time is it? Um, half past eight. Um, lovely warm glow to the rock face. Uh, the sky is blue. Plenty of clouds in the sky, but there's blue sky, and um, it's. Well, the last wild camp for all of us, and we're all trying to remember this moment for, for weeks to come, I think. It's the sort of day that you think, I want more. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, another three days, if it was like this, you'd gladly stay, wouldn't you? Or Absolutely. a week, you know. It's that fantastic now. Yeah. Moments to be treasured, eh? Exactly. Exactly, yeah. Moments to be treasured. And we were all just discussing, saying it's one thing we'd all hate to lose would be our eyesight, because something like this is just... Uh, it's just magnificent. And if you're listening to this and never tried walking in Scotland, you know, you really should, uh, should give it a go. Get a guide or, or, or some friends that are a bit more experienced to, to take you out. Uh, and um, there's not many places, uh, not many directions in Scotland that you can't go and get views like this. But it's, it is super, especially when a wild camp. And even the temperature is warm, you know. It's, it's, yeah, not, it's, it's not even cold, you know. And we're, we're, really, we're about 720 metres and it's warm. You know, it's fantastic. It's certainly going to be warm when we climb up there, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the downside of it. You know, we've got that big pull-up, so not to worry about it. But it should, be a good, fine. should be a good day, though. Um, head up towards um, Cairngorm. Um, obviously decide what we're going to do when we get uh, round to the top there, but the, um, uh, there's the cafe, which we can't work out whether it might be open or closed yeah. at the top, and then there's sort of a downhill stretch down yeah. to Aviemore. Well, this is the day that it's uh, the pull of the pub, as we call it. Yes. That's going to draw us on. No matter what, no matter even if it starts raining, it's the pub, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no matter matter how bad a night's sleep we had, yeah. we've got something to look forward to tonight, and we've re- we've earned it though. It's re- it's a good reward for three four days of uh, of good walking. Yeah, yeah. excellent walking, fantastic. Uh, the company's been fantastic. I mean, if you ever happen to meet Bob and Lee, they're really nice people. But Very Tony's the person to speak to. I'm the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the grumpy old man. <laughs> I think between us, we've all managed that this last few days.
It's 10 o'clock now and we've just come up from uh, Loch Arn, which is obviously the correct pronunciation of Loch Avon, which these two guys let me say earlier on this morning. And as they're experienced Scottish people, Scottish walkers, they should have corrected me, but they'd rather let me have this embarrassing moment. Having said that, we are sharing, or have just shared a, a break in the most glorious weather. Blue sky, just a smattering of clouds, glorious sunshine. We can see the clouds rolling over the top of... Uh, Ben McDewey and uh, Loch Etchton and uh, we're now going to head up to, to Cairngorm and uh, begin our final descent um, but a lovely spot eh Lee? Fantastic spot isn't it it's really you know couldn't hope for a better finish to a you know a fantastic week I mean truly truly magnificent we've been very lucky with the weather it has had its fair share of uh, wet and dry and windy and it's as been challenging as Scotland can be but uh, we seem to be very lucky we had this on the Cape Wrath, didn't we? That last day on the Cape Wrath was equally glorious. It was uh, That's right. a memorable moment to, to treasure for the next 12 months before, um, uh, as you go off, well, the next few months as you go through winter. So, um, anyway, we're going to head up now to Cairngorm and uh, see perhaps if the restaurant's open and then probably uh, begin our descent, ready for a wild night of dancing and celebrating, so Tony tells me. That's it. Plenty of beer. Lead Bob astray. Get him in trouble with rowers. Chips. Chips, yeah. More beer. <laughs> Chocolate for Bob. It's a beautiful day today and we just made it to the top of Cairngorm and uh, there are several people up here and one person just happens to be walking past and I can't believe uh, it's a man from, from Thermarest. Yeah, we're well, from, from Cascade, Cascade Designs, Designs in yeah. Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Thermarest has been our, our big product for over 35 years and yeah. got many other great products for the outdoor market. And just had was up for an adventure travel conference and decided to get out for a day of walking since the weather was beautiful. Well, you've, you've certainly picked a beautiful day for it, the most perfect day in the last week, I would say. So what was the conference all about then? It was uh, the uh, Adventure Travel Trade Association's uh, World Summit, and it brought together... Uh, uh, 600 delegates from around the world from 52 different countries uh, and it's primarily a venue for inbound uh, tour operators you know the people in the country that, that you actually do the trip with uh, to be able to connect with um, the, uh, the tour companies and the travel agencies and whatnot around the world that actually sell the trips and uh, this allows them to, to network and to, to you know learn about each the pro various products and and start uh, making those connections so that people can ultimately take fabulous trips. Surely the downside of something like that is you must listen to all the people and the trips that they do and you think, actually, I could, I could feel like a bit of a change. Oh, I've got a wonderful uh, <laughs> list of vacations to do. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Places to go and, uh, and uh, a lot of connections around the world that, you know, great people. Um, Cascade Designs is predominantly based in, in Ireland, isn't it? How, I mean, how is business and how is life in Ireland at the moment? Well, we're actually based um, in Seattle, and that, that was where we began with um, a couple of Boeing engineers that had been laid off back in the day, and uh, they, they created a product called a Thermarest uh, self-inflating sleeping pad, and then it's, it's grown since then. Uh, and then we opened a, a factory in, in Ireland to build product for the European market, um, and that, that's gone quite well. And, um, I mean, obviously now, you know, this day, uh, things are kind of tough in Ireland and elsewhere around the world. But, um, uh, but in any case, you know, we're continuing to, to do our part and provide what we can for the economy.
You were just telling me that, that your history yourself, you started a, a small company and then got sort of taken by taken over by, by Cascade. Tell me a bit of history about that. Well, yeah, Cascade, um, as I said, Thermarest was the, the initial product and uh, quite successful because it was a revolutionary sleeping pad. Um, but uh, as the company's grown, they've, they've done so you know, organically and then uh, as well by acquisition, uh, one of which was, uh, was a brand called Platypus, which was a hydration system. Um, began in, in Berkeley, California, uh, as a literally a garage company. Uh, and was I, that just yourself, or yourself and a couple of guys? Well, no, I, I went. I was working at the time for Sierra Designs, and um, the oh, founder. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Uh, and um, and the owner uh, who had who had create you know came up with the concept uh, approached me, and uh, I went over to work for him. Uh, sort of operations, uh, soup to nuts, and. Um, so, so we started up the the line, and then uh, it became successful, got recognized, and and Cascade Designs uh, came along and scooped us up. Well, the outdoor life uh, in uh, in California, I presume, is quite different from where we are at the moment. Uh, can you sort of give us a bit of a comparison? Uh, well, California's got a, a great uh, variety. Everything you know from the, the sea. You know, you've got the coastline uh, to uh, the hills. Uh, Marin County, where I was living, where mountain biking was invented. Um, you know, by the Gary Fisher and Tom Ritchie and the, the like. Um, and, and then a few hours to the east, you've got the Sierra Nevada mountain range, which is quite rugged. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, you know outdoor variety there. Um, it has gotten a bit busier, and and it, you know it's, it's several hours to get up to the mountains, but certainly you know a great place to take off for a weekend or weeks even. Um, Yosemite Valley, for instance, and Tuolumne Meadows are, are you know incredible places that you, know, you, you well can't worth find. A visit. Yeah, well worth a visit, I'd say. And how'd you find this environment? Oh, this is this is incredible here too. It's you know does certainly it, does very it differ different. Greatly? Uh, yeah, it's much, much more open. Uh, you know, again, you know, it's very, very open and, and you know, the, the, with no trees really, you know, uh, except down lower. But, um, but it, it's, it's a great, certainly a great place to be. Um, and this, you know, and, and also, for instance, Cascades up right in Seattle, where, uh, where it's also quite different there. It's, you know, the weather is actually quite similar to Scotland. It tends to be rainy, you know, and, and a bit damp and, you know, stormy a lot of the time. But uh, but we do also have the the Cascade Mountains, an hour's drive away, which are very rugged, um, and uh, and a great place to to test product, for instance. Mm-hmm. The, the the perception we have, I suppose, in the UK is that um, there are very very big companies in, in America, um, but there's also quite a good smattering of of um, uh, cottage manufacturers. You know, small small manufacturing uh, bases doing uh, doing short runs uh, of things. Is is that the case? Are we sort of misled by that? There's actually only a few, or is there quite a few people dotted around doing uh, small runs of sort of specialised product? And and is it a, you know a growing market, a developing market in the state still? Well, I think there's a lot of innovation certainly, and and small companies um, popping up, you know, with great new product ideas and so on. And you'll see that when you go to the uh, the outdoor shows and the Salt Lake City. Um, outdoor retailer show for instance always uh, every year we see um, uh, you know a lot of nice uh, concepts and small companies and people taking the initiative uh, you know as entrepreneurs to uh, to to put, you know hang their neck out there and 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 go and run with a product concept that they really believe in mm-hmm. so it's 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 quite yeah quite a lot of innovation still going on despite you know the fact that there has been a lot of um, you know acquisitions and uh, 
big companies getting bigger. But we still see a lot of the the innovation going on. Do you still is the outdoor market? Um, I mean, you've come over to obviously to to Aviemore here for this conference. But do you feel that uh, the market is as buoyant in the UK as it is in the US, or is is one definitely much stronger at the moment? Do you feel just generally across the across the board? Uh, well, I think the the markets are are doing well, and and, and typically, you know, we've seen this in in downturns um, where you know people might cancel their vacation and uh, and stay at home you know the the quote-unquote staycationing uh phenomenon certainly um but uh so the outdoor business can can thrive um in economic downturns uh and and provide people some real value because you know they might not be able to do the, the dream vacation but they can you know pick up all the equipment that they need for a reasonable price and 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 still get out and uh you know enjoy themselves well, it's been a pleasure to meet you, uh, coincidentally, on here, as if it, we just set up the interview just yeah. uh, perfectly on a perfect day, and I wish you, uh, wish you all the best with the rest of your day's walking. Yeah, thank you very much. It's just a beautiful day. Couldn't, couldn't be better, really. You're listening to the award-winning UK Business Podcaster of the Year. This is the Outdoor Station. It's Sunday morning at Corland Bridge campsite and it's uh, almost 8 o'clock. The bus leaves at 8.30 to take us into Aviemore to catch our respective trains. And like all journeys, um, they have to come to an end at some stage. Uh, yesterday, following our climb over Cairngorm, uh, we dropped down to the restaurant and ski centre there and instantly were surrounded by people and coffees and teas and it just seemed wrong having spent a whole week in the in the reasonable wilderness and probably not seeing more than a dozen people to suddenly be surrounded again by, um, uh, by such social activity. But uh, it was very pleasant to, to have that cup of coffee and uh, tea and a sandwich and then make our way down to uh, the, uh, the base station and catch the bus uh, back here ready for a night of, of uh, disreputable splendour and food and enjoyment last night, which we thoroughly enjoyed. So I just want to say thank you to, uh, to Lee and to Tony for uh, for their company and uh, for for Lee particularly for sorting the walk out and and a, a very interesting circular route which has been some challenging points and some easy points and um, just very very enjoyable camping all round. Oh, thank you, Bob. Thanks for making it. You know, being real good company. But yeah, it's been real um, interesting. You know, as you said, a circular walk which start you know started with the um, going over what the western side of the Cairngorms and then round back across Cairngorm itself just. Yeah, ended a perfect journey. Yeah, yeah, it was a lovely, lovely trip. And yourself, Tony, you enjoyed your few days away from work? Yes, it's been fantastic. Uh, from my point of view, it was basically gear testing time, really. And I, yeah. I have to say that everything worked perfect. And I'm pleased with my scarf and uh, my six moons traveller rucksack. So I've had a happy trip. Yeah, and it's an enjoyable night, nice night, wasn't it? Oh, it was fantastic. And the, the meals were fantastic. And the beer just kept flowing and flowing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening, guys. Well, hopefully uh, we'll meet again uh, in the near future and uh, enjoy another trip. Cheers now. Cheers. Thank you very much, Rob. Thank Thanks you. It. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To hear more from our extensive free library, please visit the website at theoutdoorstation.co.uk. You can now follow The Outdoor Station on Facebook, where we chat about each programme we produce, answer questions and discuss future productions. Why not join us there? This podcast is produced and hosted by theoutdoorstation.co.uk. 